Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. <laughs> Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You at your favorite spot. Okay, you know where that is. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. And today we're going to talk about organization. Organization, okay? Because if you looked at my desk right now, you'd be <laughs> proud of me. You would be proud of me because there's a place for everything. And that's what our guest, Donna L. Dunn, is going to talk to us about. It's finding space, finding a place for everything. Your emotions, your tchotchkes, your car keys, <laughs> which I can never find. <laughs> um, your, just, you know, your grief. Every place in your life needs a container. It needs to be stored somewhere where you can unscrew it, pour something in, or take something out, or just sit there and watch it. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, I'm going to ask her some questions about the hoarders. I've got a couple hoarders I know, you know. <laughs> uh, and then we are going to do uh, some fun facts. So welcome her to the show. How are you, Donna? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm doing good. Thank you doing good well you look beautiful thank you very Tell much about your story and your journey i know that you know your husband passed and you raised the children and you were a former school teacher but how did all of that transport you into the place where you are today um the journey started because again my late husband passed away 25 and a half years ago both of us had cancer at the same time basically and he did not make it and I did. So I had to then raise my daughters on our own, but I had to find peace in that. And I had to find a way of organizing my life around the fact that he wasn't here. I had to do everything on my own and figure out how I could do what I could do. And that was the whole point of where I've always been looking for the peace and serenity in my life. And I keep doing it. I've had to change my life so many times because I then needed a career. And so I became a teacher. Um, that was not one plan. I was a housewife and mother. That was my plan. And I loved it. But, and I'd work nights at a store because that just spare money at night while he had the kids. Um, but I needed a career. So I found a career with kids because I love kids. So that was my passion. And then after 15 years of passioning is my children is with children, but the other stuff wasn't, you know, it was the paperwork and everything else was going on. It was not the way it used to be when I was teaching. So I said, needed to find a change. I, at that point, I was 57. I said, you know what? I need a life change. What am I going to do? What's my passion really right now? Who do I want to help? And I thought, I need to help the elderly because they're struggling with a lot of things. I need to help kids at home in a different way than I was helping them at school. I need to help single moms who were struggling with a lot of things. And any other widows or anybody else who were going through a grieving process, divorce, friendships, you know, whatever kind of grief you're going through. I've been through so much that I thought I had some knowledge I could help them and coax them through something they needed and have fun because I love to organize. It's just a passion for me. And so if I could help them unload it, let's get rid of that negative energy. Let's bring positive energy in. Absolutely. You know, it was a trend, maybe five. Are you hearing that? Yeah. No. It's a trend about... I don't know, maybe five, 10 years ago, everybody was doing feng shui. 
everybody was positioning their color <laughs> way that the furniture meets the sun and all that that's fine but i think what i took away from that is about having things around you that really speak to who you are and it doesn't have to be everything right Aunt martha's china and daddy's <laughs> old books and mama's <laughs> old dress fine i get that but things that I can display, like you have that beautiful angel displayed back there, you yes, know, like my alter ego, <laughs> <laughs> you know, plants, things that really kind of bring life and vitality outside of all of the junk. Why do you think people are so emotionally attached to things and they can't just live with the memories? If you are, I'm 63 now, the older generation grew up with the depression and the thought that you don't let anything go. You never know when you're going to need it. God forbid you throw it out. And then also now you need it. Also, there was the emotional attachment of, well, it was those generations ahead of them that had this. Well, then you had to keep it because it's just family handing it down, handing it down, handing it down. You had to keep it. If you're one of the younger kids, if you're in your twenties, they don't want anything. They just really are minimalist about everything, literally throwing out every single thing. So there's that gap in between. <laughs> and you have to figure that where is the safe spot in between that you can let go of some stuff. You can take pictures at, instead of keeping the item for that stuff. And you can remember in your heart or in your memories is where everything really is. You don't physically need everything, you know, and if it's going to make you upset every time you see it, why are you keeping it? Why do you want that negative energy around you? I mean, my late husband, I love him to death, but there were certain things that would make me cry no matter how much I didn't want to anymore. So I had to get them out of my house, you know, but there's other things that are his that, oh, they have to stay there because they make me smile to this day. Right. There's a difference. Right. If it's going to make you emotionally the sad all the time, why do you want that around you? Why do you want that negative energy all the time? Let's talk to the collector. <laughs> of every little thing okay porcelain dolls coffee yep. pots. my husband has hot wheels and me and him are going back and forth he's got over three thousand so if there's Two any guys. hot wheel enthusiasts that are listening <laughs> to that please let me know but they are all in the package they're all in the series everything but he hasn't touched them you know i bet you in 10 years and he's got like 10 or 12 bins of them and I try to say all the time, you know, okay, I'll get rid of some of my books if you get rid of some of your Hot Wheels. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I don't want to impede on his face because it's his face too. But right. if you haven't touched it, used it, tasted it, what do you have it for? Right. If it's in a container. So when I talk to my clients, say they have a bunch of things and I'll say, why do you have that? Why do you still have it? Because I'll see a whole bunch of something. And they'll go, um, I said, oh, you already went to an um. You didn't even have an answer right away, which tells me you don't really know why you're keeping that. Why did you originally keep something like, why did you start that collection? In my case, I had a set of rabbits that my late husband started when we got engaged. And then we got married and then it kept going. He'd constantly give them to me. And I said, all right, why do, am I keeping these when I no longer display them? I you know, didn't want all this sitting around. And I thought, Okay, I kept the three main pieces, the piece he gave me on my wedding day, the piece he gave me when I had my first daughter, 
the piece he gave me on my second daughter. Other than that, the rest of them I released. And I realized I love them, but guess what? Somebody else is going to love them. Right. Because right. when I release them to someplace else, somebody else who picks it up is going to love it just as much. And maybe for another reason and for whatever, I didn't need to keep it. But he collected those things for me. And I thought, why? I don't need it. But I have people who collect Hummels and they're very expensive, but nobody uses them and saves them anymore. Unless you're in Europe. Europe still has them and you can sell them, but that takes a lot. But you want to sell them again, you could sell them back that way. Right. But it's like, why are you keeping them if you don't display them? If right. you're not enjoying them. I said, you know what? Children's Hospital would love those. They would go nuts. The kids would go absolutely crazy. Yep. And it would bring them joy. It would give them something to do. Yep. But absolutely. In time and in your space, because the emotional attachment and the disconnect is hard for people too. When it is. You have to do it in their time. Yes. When we talk about people that hoard. Um, again, they might have been from the age of the depression. They feel that someone's going to have to use this. It's not enough. But also those things start to come alive. It's, yep. It becomes a psychological attachment. Yep. You know, it's these things are my possession and this is all that I have left in life. Mm -hmm. and so that becomes very scary. So I encourage people to go out, to share, to again, separate. I do that all the time. My closet, I go through my closet and I feel like I went to the mall again because there's stuff in there with price tags. I work from home now. I don't get, you know, dressed up as much. Women do 80% of their clothes, 20% of the time. Oh, I take that back. 20% of their clothes, 80% of the time. Right. You got stuff that you can't fit and you know that you're going to be a size six again and here you are a 16. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time you're a six, it's so out of fashion, you wouldn't wear it anyway. So it's just release it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. But I know that there's a treasure hunt. Also, when you go through these things, you can find things that are very nostalgic. One of my girlfriends went and found a beautiful ruby ring. Mm -hmm. uh, the ruby ring was worth three, $4,000. So sometimes when you go through these things, you don't really realize the valuables that are there too. So you have to systematically go through things. Give us an uh -huh. idea of how to separate, how to start organizing. I always start, usually in everybody's home, I ask them where their peace and serenity spot is. It really is. It's like, where do you go from the outside world to come in and unwind for 10, 15, 20 minutes? just to breathe, unwind, scream, cry, whatever it is you need to do to get out from whatever thing you've been through. And then from that spot, we organize it, clean it up and say, okay, so now whenever you're frustrated or crazy, go sit in that spot, go rebreathe and start again. And then we work someplace else, wherever you need it to go, we'll continue on that process. But it really is that everybody needs to learn to release things that do not bring them fulfillment, that do not do nothing but feel like like if I'm in my room right here and everything was feeling like it was closing in on me, it's time to let it go because I don't want to feel like I'm being closed in. I want to feel like I have air around me the whole time. I want that positive energy going in where full, you know, there's negative energies, everything that's weighing you down. And it's like, if you look at it constantly and say, ah, oh, that drives me crazy. Well, let's go there. Let's release that. Why are you keeping it? Why? And there is sometimes emotional, there's mental, it, you're stuck in a spot. And sometimes it's just news, somebody's new eyes looking at it or just asking the right question at the right time makes it go, oh, I don't know. Let's get rid of it. Or this means a lot because this was my mother's at this point. All right. But when you see it, 
Do you see your mother in a happy spot or do you see your mother in a negative spot? Does it bring good memories or bad? And if it's not good, release it. You don't need it. You know, and that's my main goal is to make sure people understand only keep things that are really going to bring you some peace. You don't want things that are going to weigh you down. You don't want things that are going to say, you know, from years from now, like I've kept this in the house for 10 years. Why have I been looking at it? Why I've been frustrated every time I walk in that room? Well, don't. Let's get go. Let it go. Release it to somebody who will of it and who will need it. <laughs> so think about when you pass away or you expire or if you have to move. Good night. We had a dear friend that passed away and I had to go through her things. It was depressing. Yeah. It was kind of gross, the kind of things that people keep as well. But it was just stuff. Yep. And you have to go through the pockets, brains. Do you of remember everything. the episode of I Love Lucy when she gave away Ricky's <laughs> suit and he had money in it? You've got to go through the pockets because you don't know where somebody might have took something off or the, where they might have hit them. My yep. mother was a hider in the hem of the curtains and the drapes. Oh my God. Yes, honey. I'm telling you, I found a nice little wad of money that she would hide in the drapes. And, you know, it used to be, my mother was 90, it used to be in the bed mattress or, you know, those, those kind of things. So I totally understand, you know, what people go through when they right. try to separate these things. But again, like you said, it has to bring you some sort of joy. And is it something that you want to pass down to your children? The China. Absolutely, but not if it's chipped and if you only have two plates and eight cups, you know, give them just a sentimental setting. Those are very classic. They could just kind of keep those things too. Now, after we've separated all of this, let's talk about the yard sale. <laughs> I love the yard sale because Mine are tricked out. I kind of set a free cycle area for things that, you know, no cost they can have. But the clothing, I kind of put the outfits together, the things, and price your things. Uh, estate sales. A lot of people do that. That's a great way to earn a little extra money on the on the yep. weekend. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, it is. But there's a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people and the elder, older ones who have so much they want to release but they don't want to go through that. They don't want to go through the sales or the garage sales, the yard sales or whatever. Those are great for everybody who would like to do them. But if you don't want to do it, give them to somebody who's going to do what needs to be done. Like we do purple heart. I take it. And I have a woman who helps us when I donate them away, we give it to the battered abused women. So it's turning point. We give it to the um, shelters for homeless. We give it to the um, fire departments for all those essentials, like when there's been a fire or there's been a natural disaster, they have some things to use. Habitats of Humanities, animal shelters, all these things can be given away so it doesn't land in a landfill right. if you're not willing to sell it. So don't think it's just, you have to do garage sale. You have to, you, that's great. And you can make lots of money. It's amazing how much money you can make on just pricing them decently. You don't, right. don't expect to get the original price. No. But put it down for something. And let me tell you, you'll sell it off because Somebody will love it. And if you don't want to sell it, yes, communities will take it for free. They would love to say, oh, come to my house this is, or come to this spot and you can have that stuff free. Anything you want to pick, there you go. It works to get rid of it easily. And give things that are worth value. You know, like yeah. when I worked at the American Red Cross, we would have um, we would have a disaster. And people would bring things that you should throw in the dumpster. Nobody right. wants your old pissed out mattress 
Right. Nobody wants your faded, raggedy clothes, you know, torn up things. They want things that are in great condition, right. something that you would use yourself. So take that into consideration. But you've Definitely. done all of that. You've done the organizing. You've done the restructuring. You went through the grief process. And you have put all of that into your own book. You are in two books. One is an anthology. And the mm -hmm. other one, let's see, the anthology. Oh, this is Houses of Light. Houses of Light. And that was a uh, Amazon number one bestseller, correct? Yeah, it's an international bestseller. Yes, it is. Wow. And this is You're lovely because there's all the authors. authors. <laughs> How did you get involved in that project? The person who who uh, published the book and is a coordinator of the book is someone I network with and a friend of mine. And she reached out to me and asked me if I would be willing to write in it. And I thought, I don't know what you're talking Like, I don't think I have something to give to you. And she's the one who made me believe, which I now believe about everybody, is we all have a light. One way or another, you have a light to share. You have a gift and you're not using your gift the right way because you don't even think about it. And when I said to her, I go, well, what, what would you like? She goes, what do you do with people when you help them? And I said, well, I talk them through the process. I uh, coach them. I hug them. I uh, embrace them and letting them know that it's going to be okay. I talk them through whatever way I need to grief wise, or if they're in a medical condition because of my medical conditions, I was able to help them. She goes, that's being a light. So sharing your story with someone is a light because you could be helping someone you don't even know with something that you have in your life and in sharing any part of your story. And that's why when she asked me to be, and I said, oh, I, I want to do that. I want to be able to feel like I'm helping at least one person in this world. That would just make me happy. So then the bug bit you in the butt. And you say, <laughs> oh, now I know that I have this ability to translate my feelings, my emotions, my work, my spirituality, my gifts. And you wrote your own book. Share my own book. <laughs> That's so, beautiful. and it's called Serenity in Your Space, How I Found Mine. And it basically is, um, I give inspirational quotes. Then I give a little bit about my life and why I do what I do. Then I give you tips after each chapter so that you learn some tips on how to organizing things. Kind of goes along with different parts of my life. And so that at the end, you have 13 chapters with 13 big sections on, on tips. So you're learning a lot. So without having me <laughs> and hopefully it gives you that to do but I hope mostly it's going to encourage women to and it can be anyone but basically women who feel like they're not empowered that you can be empowered you know I've been through a lot and a widow really young so I had to do a lot on my own which I didn't think I could do well you know what God doesn't give you something you can't handle you just got to get up start again figure it out move forward and just, even if you fail, it's a learning lesson. So you didn't fail. So keep and going. Try again. You got to sit with it. You yep. got to sit with it because you got to learn the lesson. Yep. You can't just bypass. Oh, okay, that happened. You know, no, because you might end up finding yourself there two or three more times. Share with us uh, a reading from your book. I want to hear a little bit about it and see if we can apply those applications to our own life. Okay. Um so this would be like chapter four. Um, so the quote I had in the beginning of that is, out of a mountain of despair, a stone of hope repair, appears. And that's Martin Luther King. And so my chapter is called New Life. Michael's passing came with great sorrow, 
many challenges, burdens, and decisions to be made. I was forever thankful for my family and friends who stepped forward to help me navigate through this horrible time. Um, and then I'm going to go in a little bit further, different spot. It says, there was one major change I needed to make after Michael passed. I needed to move out of my bedroom, which I had been my favorite space. It was extremely difficult for me to live in there and sleep in there. I slept on the couch for months after he passed. Finally, I, I realized I needed to find my own Cincinnati spot. I gave up my room to my eldest daughter, Dana, and gave her comp blanche to change it to anything she wanted. She chose deep blue sky colors and stenciled yellow stars and ceilings full of gold glow-in-the-dark stars, arranging them in constellation. Dana is and forever is my celestial daughter. Kelly, my youngest, was now get to have her own room, was able to free and do anything she wanted. And she changed her room into a world of snowflakes, just like my Kelly, who is unique. I moved from the couch to a sleeping bag into the uninsulated attic and plan to transform a small space into my serenity spot. I removed the door to allow the main floor heat to drift up the stairs and warm me. It's important to always make sure that when you step into your home, you find a place that gives you serenity and sanctuary from the outside world. Coming home, give yourself the 15 to 20 minutes a serenity spot can make you wonder, wonder, do wonders for your mental and physical health. When I do this, initially walking through with my clients, I tell them this. Um, transferring from a wife to a mother, a wife and mother to a widow and a single parent made the years of 1998 to 2021 very hard years indeed. But we stayed the course. We did the best we could as a family of three. Deciding which and when of Michael's things to let go was emotionally draining and called for deep soul searching. Those decisions were important so we could continue to move forward. Michael is always with us in spirit. We keep him alive with our favorite memories and his to him and us, he is priceless legacy. Absolutely. That is beautiful. And that, Thank that you. absolutely makes perfect sense. You know, perfect sense. I know um, my mother, her bedroom, I converted into my studio. Yes. And the energy just in here is amazing. You know, and then I look around and I see sprinklings and spacklings of her favorite things. You know, she loved monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a bunch of monkeys. We've got her favorite monkey in here. <laughs> those those things, but they really bring me joy. When I come in here, I play country western music. That was her love. Okay. So you can still keep that energy alive and you feel that person so close to you and their spirit knows that you're trying to connect with them. So spirituality also came into play for you deeply. Did you uh, lean heavily on your faith during, oh, definitely. during your uh, loss as well as your illness? Yeah, we did. And it was because of the fact that um, I was raised as a Catholic and it was drilled in your head, drilled in your head that didn't resonate with me. It was when I went through the trials is when it really hit home. And that's when it was like, oh, he's really is here. Because I realized I could never get through everything I did if it was not for having that Lord behind me the whole time, lifting me up every time, because there's no way. It wasn't me. A lot of times people go, I can't believe you're that strong to do that. I go, it's not me. I'm just being lifted to do this because I don't know where it's coming from. So if I don't know where it's coming from, I do know where it's coming from. It's coming from the Lord. It's not coming from me. 
I'm just drifting forward. I'm following a path that's being led for me because I didn't choose this life. None of this is what I had ever planned. I was a housewife and mother. That was it. I did not plan anything else in my life like this at all. And Michael and I were dying at 84 and 86, one minute apart, and I was going first. Well, that didn't happen. So I had to change all this. <laughs> no, you got to edit and filter, but you have to be able to pivot in this life. You really do. And COVID taught all of us that. Yes, some definitely. People, some people have a brain fart. They forget that that even happened. But I'm telling you, I think about it when I'm in crowds or I'm in the post office, too many people. I'm like, uh, COVID, COVID. <laughs> I, I, still, I still make space. I still make space. So um, you have been able to put your business online and make this virtual so that all of us can take advantage of that. Tell us a little bit about your virtual programs. So what I do is I do the um, phone or Zoom, whatever it is that you want to do. And literally one of my first ones I was doing was hysterical because I was in, I'm in Pennsylvania. And one of the people I network is a realtor in Arizona. And he said he had a gentleman who needed help packing. Could I help him? And I had been talking about my virtuals and he said, sure. So we got the gentleman on and he's like, okay, how are we going to do this? Said, get your phone, show me what you want to get rid of and, or what you need to do. And so literally what I did is I walked him from section to section that he had questions on. I answered the questions. I taught him how to mark his boxes so that they made sense when they moved from this place to the next place. So it'd be a quick unpacking for him. He wouldn't go crazy doing it. And I helped him release the things that he'd been holding on to for a, um, an ex-wife who had passed away and he brought her home again at, toward the end. And he didn't know how to release this. Should he release this? I said, well, if your children do not want it or her children do not want it and you do not want it, release it into the world. You don't need to take it to the next place. Her spirit's free. She's real at peace and let that go. And so he's like, oh, this makes so much more sense to him. And he was able to get through it. And then he said things that he was bitter about. I said, well, don't take that bitterness with you. Why would you want to take that with you to your new place? Only bring happiness and joy to the new place. So he was learning. We had conversations about why he was keeping things and it made sense for him. He said, now I'm Italian. So this goes a lot. I'm purposely holding my stone, so I don't do that. <laughs> but I would be going like this as I'm trying to reach to help pick things up for them. And my people who are virtuals, they'll turn around, look at me, and they'll go, you realize you can't pick that up. I go, I know, but I want to help you. <laughs> it's like So I had to learn not to try to grab people. So I literally hold a stone the whole time, so I'm not. And it's an amethyst, so it's keeping me calm, which hopefully generates calmness to my clients. And I talk them through the process. I tell them how to do it, how, what will work for them. If they just have questions, call me and ask me what your questions are. I'll help you through it and get you from point A to point B. And we may even do it as you get an hour here, call me in a couple hours or call me in a couple of days. We'll do another hour there, whatever it is they need to get them through that process to get it done and keep them motivated to do it. And usually that's all they need. They need someone to help start them, get them ball rolling, you know, and if you're in front of me, then yeah, I'm there with you. I'm hands on with you. I'll keep you going and I'll get it all done with you. Well, again, the objective here is to propel forward. Sometimes you have to step back. Sometimes you yeah. have to stall. But the objective and the goal is to keep moving forward. Because even though we lose individuals, as I say, you're bent, but you're not broken. You mm -hmm. have an individual journey that you must complete. You must complete your story, your assignment. Um, and again, to have a wonderful person like Donna, to help you clear some space to clear that path 
you know, you can't have a bunch of stuff. It turns into clear your brains, clear yeah, those brains, all those papers and all the cardboard <laughs> stuff that brings rodents. Yes, uh, it's just and it's not attractive, you know, because folks talk about your brains. Okay, you don't you think, you think they don't talk about you. I had a uh, one room that it wasn't coordinated, and I had some girlfriends that came from out of town, and I said, "Oh, you know, uh, this room's a little busy." And I was, I was so comfortable with that particular room. Everything else was coordinated, but that room was an eyesore. And I told my husband, as soon as they, after they said that, I said, we're clearing out this room and everything in here must be coordinated. It must, <laughs> it must match. And we're getting rid of a lot of stuff. So now when I go through the house, even the outside color, we're repainting the outside of our house. That's <laughs> got to match the inside. Again, we'll talk about you. But I want them to talk about you in a good way. Let's ask a couple fun questions before we conclude, because I want people to know you. Okay. Something on your life list, not your bucket list, but your life list. What is there something that you still want to accomplish or do? I want to do is I want to go to Ireland and Sicily. And those are the only two countries I have not gone to with my nationalities. I want to meet relatives that are still there. Because I still have relatives there. And I want to learn about where did we come from? I really want to know that background and, and and feel that the old world life. I want to really want to feel it and see it. Well, honey, I tell you that Italy, you will pack up your stuff and want to move. You will <laughs> love it. You will absolutely love it. So I hope that that comes true. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, Donna Dunn, what appliance would you be? <laughs> Probably a frying pan. I like to mix things up. <laughs> yeah, you want to be a frying pan? I like to stir them up, mix them up, get them, um, you know, I'm an Italian, so I do have a little temper there and I can fry right. it up, but I get to calm myself down and soothe it and make it all make something pretty at the end. I love it. I want to be the spice grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like you. I want to pick it up. I want to kick it up a notch. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be in life? Um, I've always said a dolphin because dolphins are just so calming and relaxing. And I want to bring that to people. I want to be able to be calm and relaxing. And they feel that calm and relaxing and, and just soak through the waters with them. I am not an, a beach person. I'm really not even an ocean person. I'm a water person. And I like lakes. I would love to put a dolphin in a lake where it's nice and calm and relaxing. I feel that. But I just, they're so smart and so calming. And I would love to be just like them. I want to be a party animal. <laughs> good for you <laughs> i'd like to get the party started if you were a car what kind of car would you be <laughs> well i'm not a i mean i don't know cars all i know is that i've always loved a mustang because i love horses and i love to rev things up <laughs> oh shoot i want to be a 1968 vw bug uh, i want yeah i do i think i want to be the actually the van you know, a little mattress in the back. <laughs> You're well, laid out. You don't have to be the Rolls Royce. You know, that, that's overstated and too much maintenance. I want to <laughs> And in closing, Donna, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to say about you? I hope that it's that I made a difference. I hope it's that I've helped them um, realize that life is short. Make the most of it you can, you know, and if you get knocked down, just pick yourself up. You, you can get over it. It's not worth 
crying over forever. Get, get up, find something. There's got to be something good, even in the bad. Just find what it is. And that's what my late husband and I did. We did not let anybody come to us in the hospital when they were crying. You couldn't come to us unless you were going to laugh. Because we, we already knew we were in. We just didn't want to deal with that. We wanted to deal with the happiness. So I want to bring happiness to people. And I hope I do bring happiness to people. You brought happiness wow. to me. Thank you. How about brains? How to get in contact with you? They want to work with you virtually, or if they are there in your city and state, they can work with you one on one. But how can they get a taste and a touch of Donna Dunn? <laughs> all right, brains. If you want me at all, um, my website is www.donnasaplaceforeverything.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm Instagram. You can always find me there, and I always do videos and before and after so you can always see what I'm doing and check in and see if you like what I do and I love to do my workshops so you can always pop into my website and click on workshops enjoy one of my workshops and interact with me and have fun and I do phone calls so if you can even pick up the phone and call me I'll do that too. <laughs> Brains, this is an investment okay it's, it's really an investment this is not something that you just want to do you know half half uh, what is it haphazardly uh, you want to make sure that it's systematic, again, that there's an emotional attachment, but you understand the reason why you're keeping or you're getting rid of something, uh, finding the perfect place for it, making sure that you polish it or, you know, preserve it. And also, is this something that, you know, your kids would enjoy, your grandkids mm -hmm. would enjoy, but also the most important thing, does it bring you joy? Right. That's what we want. So I hope this brought you joy here on the edge. And, <laughs> you are, yes, and you will like, like love, and share. Absolutely. <laughs> like, love, share, and subscribe. Go in and check out Donna Dunn. Check out On the Edge. Uh, and clean up your space. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Brains. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>